0: Well hello everybody welcome to another episode of Optimally Wellness. I am Dr. Lexi and I am joined by two amazing guests today for a celebration of gut health. So today we are going to kind of talk about all things gut with Dr. Tommy and nurse practitioner Sean Grindle from Aquarian Clinic. Thank you so much for for having me. So we are just going to kind of have an open forum and, you know, let's kind of define some terms before we get going. So I find in my practice, uh, there's a kind of a big misconception around the role that the gut actually plays in our body and our health in general. Um, People don't really fully grasp that you know, GI symptoms are not always the red flag that comes with problems with the gut no. and how it can impact so many other things. What's your kind of take on that? How do you communicate that? How do you kind of open up the mind to accept really the powerhouse the gut that's, is?
1: That's really tough. And, and like you guys were saying, it's like education's massive. It's like how do we take these big medical terms and make them simple and to yeah. understand? And then I like to use numbers um so for me it is like people don't understand that 90 percent nine zero percent of your serotonin is made in the gut Uh, not in the brain and so with an unhealthy gut you know how you feel you're sad you're anxious you're depressed and we just talk about eczema eczema is just a skin irritation right so just breaking down these terms is very very important and so just the term dysbiosis right we use these big fancy words any word that says dys means like um, defect of right, yeah. really, truly, and so that's just a defect of the gut biome dysbiosis, right? So yeah. it's just just breaking it down easy, but it's just a lot of terms out there. So
0: 100%. And right. dysbiosis is thrown around so much. My my last podcast was literally about how social media kind of catches on to these these terms and kind of just like popularizes them and doesn't really offer like a true solution, but kind of just like fear-mongering. Dysbiosis just means, like you said, dysfunction of or lack thereof, unbalance of the gut microbiome. And I think a really like profound fact that I love to share is that there's actually more bacteria cells in our body than human cells in our body. And where do those all live? In the gut. Absolutely. So let's think about it as cultivating a garden. So let's kind of go through if this garden is full of weeds, if this garden is not diverse, is not profound in the types of plants and the types of flowers that live there, what are some of the symptoms that we could experience that maybe we wouldn't think of when a dysbiotic state occurs in our body?
1: That's a great question, honestly. And so it could be a multitude of things, um, right? And so the first one that, that comes to mind if we're altering like serotonin, depression, yep. anxiety, yep. mood swings, that's one. You're just like, wait, really? Yeah. 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 And it's 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 not just diarrhea and, and like constipation. It's, it's other things. It's skin irritation.
0: 100%. But yeah. I think the flip side of that is... They're the positive, I guess, is what I'm after. Ah, is probably. like there's other ways to treat anxiety, depression, mood swings. Yes. Besides going straight to the you
1: medications, know, the exactly. SSRIs, the SNRIs, the things that we love together. And so that's why I love my practice that I can do both. Exactly. I'm not, you know, there, yep. there are spots to where you need SSRIs and that's sure. fine. But, you know, if we can avoid those, great. You know, it's just like, how do we mitigate stress?
0: and stress is such a, again, one of those kind of hot words. And what I like to do with all my patients when they start with me is I redefine the word stress. So how many of you have seen my extensive list of what stress means to Dr. Lexi? It's like a 50 tick sheet. Because when I use the word stress, I'm talking about everything that biochemically creates stress in our body. So it's not to me just the anxiety, depression, work-life balance, emotional components of stress that right. I feel like when we focus it as that, I feel a lot of women that I work with get overwhelmed because they say, well, I can't control my husband stressing out or my children or my job right now or my mother-in-law or my toxic whatever.
1: Right. But when
0: you realize that, There's also 50 other things that are pouring into that biochemical stress vault that you can control, such as avoiding processed foods, you know, different biochemicals and toxic exposures in the environment that maybe we do have a little bit of autonomy to limit we can make profound impacts on lowering the biochemical stress responses in our body without having to focus on the things that maybe emotionally we can't heal right now. And stress, by my definition, is what we can start to treat our gut with, right? Mm -hmm. So what are some ways that someone listening to this can make simple changes to affect or lower stress in their life?
1: fantastic question um so from there's different perspective like you said it's not all about your external f- factors stress work life and things of that nature it's also about what you put into your body i always teach my patients your body is your temple right it's a temple um so i always recommend high fiber you know these are oh, things yeah. that we just kind of talked about earlier is like fiber's huge uh most most americans don't even get one serving amount and that's staggering to me i'm like wow we should really change these things and so Diet's huge. Uh, watching yeah. those processed foods, as you know. Um, and, you know, I, I really believe that every human should be on some sort of, like, probiotic or prebiotic because we, we miss those in our diets.
0: So I'm going to kind of agree to disagree with Go. you there. So I've done a lot of research on probiotics and prebiotics. Sure. And kind of through my practice and, you know, as you know, I don't do any medication route. So everything sure. I do has to be really high quality, natural, and food-based. Mm-hmm. So I kind of obsess over it. I guess is what I'm trying to say. And what I found is, you know, one serving of kefir, for example, has a hundred thousand times more live cultures in it than any Mm -hmm. store-bought probiotic that we could consume. So yes, you're correct that probiotics are important when we're not addressing that in our diet. But in the long run, they actually did a study and they found that if you stay on a supplemental probiotic, for many many months at a time you're actually going to create the same dysbiotic and species favoritism in the gut as you're trying to correct
1: so yeah i can i can i can understand that one and and so there there are different strains that are you know more important than others and and as you said in the diet i would prefer you to have it in your diet hands down
0: yeah but think
1: about the western life
0: oh 100 think about
1: the western life how much time do you have to go to the store and go get that item or keep it in your refrigerator and then expires
0: well you don't and, right? I, and even don't. think about like how many other cultures like fermented foods for example right. are not a staple in our diet We are not exposed to those they're not a norm as far as like us even fermenting at home and that is such a untapped resource sure that can provide naturally so much more to our gut than taking something over the counter. I use probiotics. I use prebiotics all the time in my treatment methods with patients. But I have them come on, come off, rotate different species and strains Mm -hmm. in different brands. But really the long-term goal for me would be to teach them how to be exposed to that in natural means through dietary changes. So let's kind of talk about, I have a recipe here if you don't mind. Go for it yeah. Unlike really easy, everybody's fussy today.
1: I know, guys. sad babies, it's okay, <laughs> it's, it's, it's fine.
0: But really easy ways to do uh, fermentation sure. in-house and it's lacto-fermentation. So it's the most simple way to ferment veggies. Um, But you can do this with almost any vegetable that you want, so, you know, kimchi, cabbage, garlic, turnips, cucumbers, radishes are some that I've used in the past, but it's such a simple thing, and you can do it in a mason jar. So you literally slice up your vegetables, you add in water and a brine. The brine you can get pretty creative with as far as different flavorings or things that you want to add. Some people like to do herbs, dill, garlic, Um, you know, it doesn't really matter, fennel. But the really the main ingredient that you have to have is some sort of acid and sugar. So you have to do a starter um, of some sort for the bacteria to essentially eat. And then as the bacteria eat, they produce their off-puddings, which is what actually creates the process of fermentation, and then we will ferment your veggies. And this is something that in other parts of the world is a staple. Common
1: staple, especially in Asia, you know, that's why I love kimchi, Uh, but... Not everyone loves kimchi, right? No. So So, you can get
0: creative in kind of how you can introduce this into your life. But right here, literally, it's just two cups of water, one tablespoon of sea salt, two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar. And then you can get creative with jalapeno, carrot, cauliflower, celery, bay leaf, cabbage leaf. Boom. Stick it in a mason jar. Put it on tight let it sit for a couple of days and eat those veggies and you can make it spicy not spicy salty not salty you can make it to your taste it's that in-depth process of fermentation that allows those cultures to start to reproduce and that's what makes that beneficial so again kind of just very simple things that we're not exposed to here on a regular basis that can make a big big difference so just to kind of touch on food that's something that i like to bring into a lot of this, but let's kind of talk about what the microbiome does when we eat food.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Um, so think of it as like a means to help you absorb your vitamins, your nutrients, your things, right? Yeah. Um, and as we kind of eat, eat, eat our diet, those, um, it also helps us make things like B12. So there's uh, an, an item inside your body called intrinsic factor that okay. needs to make B12 an energy for it. And so it just kind of breaks down those things and and kind of helps Mm -hmm. keep your gut nice and clean and healthy and keeps things moving along. So, yeah.
0: And I think a lot of people don't realize that it is actually the bacteria in our digestive tract that is eating the food, that is creating the vitamins that we need to thrive. Right. And different strains of bacteria are responsible for digesting different food groups and producing different vitamins and nutrients. So if you are not balanced or high number, high volume in different species, you can create nutritional deficiencies in very discrete groups, or you can develop metabolic issues in digesting, for example, proteins, carbohydrates, sugars, whatever, fats, based on the health of your gut microbiome true And a lot of people just have no idea that it's actually bacteria that are allowing you to create or to take excuse me vitamins out of the food you're consuming So right. that to me was kind of a profound moment in my practice when I realized that that wasn't understood on a wide basis
1: So that's that's a good point It's like you know uh, us in the allopathic world yeah you know we don't we're not taught that really sure. truly so these are things that we have to learn on our own yeah. and so once you start to learn then you start to like oh all right well this is what we need to do you know I would rather you get things out of your diet. That's that's how we were built. Sure. Um, but you know the Western day life is kind of caught up to us, and we haven't caught up to it.
0: Hundred percent, and that is such an issue with like our lifestyle is obsessed. Go with go 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 go. Fight or flight, Bye. sympathetic, and let's talk. Let's bring Dr. Tommy into this conversation because I know this is his fave. So if we live this Western life, that is go go go, fight or flight. And I'm going to come back to mealtime habits after he's done and how that alone can not prepare our body to get vitamins and nutrients out of what we're eating. But how does that chronic stress, that chemical state, that neurological state that we live in now far too often impact our gut and our ability to utilize and absorb the foods that we're consuming?
2: Um, I like to kind of take a step back and let's go and talk about stress again. (laughs) When you look at chronic stress and when you look at what stress is and what it does to the body when you have stress whether you cut your toe whether you eat something that hurts your stomach or whether you have a thought that endogenously creates pain in your system you actually internally create what we're going to call pro-inflammatory mediators There are cytokines there are interleukin sevens interleukin six interleukin six there are actual cell mediators that you internally create that tell your brain to feel pain So whatever neuron is going to your brain to express the feeling of pain, the ingredients to telling it to fire that pain signal are the interleukin-6, the interleukin-7, the cytokines, the the pro-inflammatory mediators that we're actually endogenously creating. So I think in society as a whole, I was just reading a study the other day and it was talking about how not Americans, just people in general, we get hyperfixated on one type of fiber. And I love that Dr. Lexi was bringing it up like it's a garden because how many gardens have you guys seen that you have thought are beautiful? Um, many different varieties of gardens exist that you might find are beautiful and that give a positive, um, let's call it positive vibes, let's, say, let's call it that. Yes, the garden's beautiful. There's so many different ways that we can make up our own beautiful garden inside of our gut through different kinds of good micro gut biota. And it's almost like we're testing the waters to see what kind of superhumans we can become by creating the most perfect garden. And so it's always kind of an experiment to change and, and try different biota, different gut biota that we can add to our system to alter what kind of beautiful garden we're creating to kind of see the different symptomatologies that we're capable of. Maybe we can eat things that are gonna derive us to have beautiful skin. Maybe we can eat things that are gonna derive us to have excellent brain functioning and enhance our focus enhance our ability to fight off anxiety, but that got my brain going a little bit
0: Um, Well, what about like, so have you read the study about autism and how they've discovered now that through sampling essentially stool from, um, I don't remember the number, but several, no, 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 from humans with autism, they found a consistency in the um, percentages of different bacteria that were present in their microbiota (laughs) as compared to uh, neurotypical individuals. So now they're seeing that there's actually a huge, like you were stating, in the beginning of this talk, actual diagnosis of neurodivergent conditions, be it dyslexia, autism, anxiety, whatever, linked to um, different populations of bacteria within our bodies, and how they can then use
2: probiotics,
0: prebiotics, even stool sampling, or um, what is it called when you uh, seeds seeding with stool, um, to Quote cure or improve the symptomatology of these type of neurological conditions in children and adults.
1: Right.
0: I mean, how profound is that? That's a whole new world of study. well, we do
1: that already with yeah. like, uh, persons that have C diff, and then we do yep. stool transplants with them, and they, and they get cured of that, right? Oh yeah. Uh, and, and well, hopefully that's the theory, right? Uh, but that's what we do as well. And not only that, we've seen transplants of. Stool from persons that are of a healthy weight, transplanted into a person that is of a bigger weight, yeah. and we see, see, see them lose weight. So that's, there's that's there's some, there's some relation. Yeah.
0: You focus on weight loss in your clinic. Is that Absolutely. correct? So Huge. what do you find? Are some of like the main. I guess let's call them roadblocks sure. to women. I do a lot of hormone health, hormone balancing. That's Same. kind of a separate conversation, you know, from what I want to focus on today. Maybe we can have you back and we can sure, sure. tit for tat on that. But gut-wise, so dietary-wise, uh, you know, bacteria-wise, stress-wise, right, right, What are some main roadblocks to you know people losing weight, and why is that so difficult um, in the American lifestyle that we have lived today right. for that to have a healthy functioning? metabolism. I
1: think it's eating habits. Yeah. Really. That's 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 the one thing, you know. That's that's what makes up 75% of all of your weight loss. Yeah. Is Eating, I mean, exercise is good, but it's like 30%. I, I only encourage that because of it helps with cardiovascular health, right? Yeah. Uh, um, um, so it's food, and it's getting food on the go. Mom's got kids. Yeah. They want chicken nuggets. Mom eats chicken nuggets, right? Yeah. Um, so it's it's time. It's, it's being able to balance these things as well, and eating processed foods is, is just a bad thing, right? And then skipping meals. Skipping meals is like the worst.
0: Oh, 100%. Right? And and that's like 90% of the women I work with over exercise and under eat. Yes. And that's just and they think, "Well, I'm calorie restricting. I'm in, you know, surplus. But you're surplus. also having
1: muscle atrophy and now you've dropped your BMR by 10%. Is your out. hair is falling and you out. You're not period anymore
0: and, you know, and your skin is dry and you're pumping your face full of Botox and it's like this is not rocket science. Like right. you're saying like it is mealtime habits. And that brings me back to the point I was going to say when Dr. Tommy was mentioning right. um, you know, the fight or flight is one of the first things that I work with with my women is mealtime habits. So if you are eating on the go, you're shoving food in your mouth, there's no neurological connection between your brain and your gut. Yeah. And we do a whole talk on like our gut-brain connection because if your body is in fight or flight, you're in stress, you're in sympathetic mode, Your body is shunting all the blood and all the nervous activation from your digestive system, your reproductive system, into survival mode. So into your heart, into pupil dilation, into your muscles to try to run away from that bear. Because this is a primitive neurological state that served us for survival in the primitive existence. years. It doesn't serve us anymore because now we're living in it all the time.
1: Yeah. You know, as I said before, it's like uh, our bodies haven't caught up to the new Western wave of A hundred percent. Maybe we up. will, you know? <laughs> it may, take, it may <laughs> take, not right now, not, not soon, but I mean, you know, um, evolution takes time. It, know, it, it takes does.
0: Time. And we're going so fast. If you think about the changes within even like, what are we all in our thirties about? Like yeah, within our time. lifetime, we're technology and alerts and the and we're all in medicine. So yeah. the high stress that we've put ourselves through yeah. just to we're like get to where we are. We're the worst patients at times, right? You 100%. know, we,
1: we run around and do our own thing. So, you know, uh, you know it's, it's like do as I say and as I do, right? So, 100%. Uh, but, you know, we're getting better.
0: Yeah. we're getting better getting but better. The, the problem is is when your body is shunting all of its activation and resources to Just, a survival mechanism oh yeah. you're not producing salivary enzymes you're not producing rest
1: and digest right? right you're not resting and having know? no so you can't so you can't digest. even
0: break down the food that you're about to eat So your body's given this food and it just goes right through you and your insulin isn't ready to respond to that glucose jump. Your stomach acid isn't being produced. Your gallbladder is not pumping bile because you haven't sat there and told your body you're about to receive food. And then to your point, we don't eat in a consistent pattern, predictable pattern. So, our adrenal glands are old ladies. They like to know what's coming their way and when. They want to know when they get sleep, when they get exercise, and when they get fed. It's hard. And it's very hard to maintain, especially as a mom, especially as a professional, any type mm-hmm. of consistency because we put ourselves last. But you can't pour from an empty cup, ladies. And I have to eat my own words on
1: that one because well, I am not I get good it. At I, it. I just said that, right? So yeah. that's a good point. And so, you know, going back to your theme here is you know with that cortisol rises what else rises sugar oh yeah diabetes right yeah. high blood pressure because that cortisol is helping to be able to constrict Yep. Um, those tighten of, of, of those vessels. And that's what causes coronary artery disease, high blood pressure. What's what's going on, and on here as well,
0: right? 100%, which is the epidemic of all epidemics, right? So, you know, we want to obsess about COVID mm-hmm. and now I'm going to take elderberry and vitamin C and quercetin every day of my life. And I'm fixed. <sighs> and I'm fixed because, I'm, but you know what? What's killing us? What's killing us every day, we're not addressing. And that's our lifestyle and that's our diet.
2: You look at a lot of like Eastern medicine techniques on how they handle dealing with a lot of pathology in today's world. Um, It's almost if Western medicine would just embrace the turning down of the sympathetic nervous system and how do we simply turn on the parasympathetic nervous system, they would just hyper focus on getting those rest and repair centers Uh, back and firing. I think we'd see significant symptom pathology reduction because let's face it. When you remove inflammation from the diet, whether it's food sensitivity testing or working with, you know, gut dysbiosis or working with, you know, even spinal fixations, um, when you remove inflammation from the body, you simply are turning down the sympathetic nervous system, and what turns on when that turns down, the parasympathetic nervous system. So, as a whole, in society and lifestyle, we have this epidemic because of immobility because of not looking up, not using our peripheral neurons, these neurons are wrapped in parasympathetic nervous system fibers. So if you're not engaging in neck extensor activation, I don't wanna lose anybody here, but cranial nerves three, seven, nine, and 10 are wrapped in parasympathetic nervous system fibers. Now the cranial nerve I want you guys to hyperfocus on is cranial nerve 10, the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve, it wraps around all of your gut, your intestines, it wraps around your lungs, It innervates so much of your organs function. So when you are seeing an individual who's dealing with any pathology, what are the typical presentations? Maybe you have heart rate escalated or um, some tachycardia. You have some um, respiration elevated, blood pressure elevated. These are all signs of sympathetic nervous system turned up. So how do we turn that down? Parasympathetic nervous system is going to turn that down. Respiration rate down, blood pressure down, um, heart rate down. You're parasympathetic nervous system ganglia, essentially the nuclei, the engines that are supposed to be operating this system, reside in your cervical spine and also your lumbosacral spine. So when people get fixated, when I adjust their cervical spine, on average, I'll see a 10 to 15 millimeter mercury drop in blood pressure just from a cervical adjustment because we're directly impacting the rostral ventral lateral medulla, which is supposed to be monitoring, regulating blood pressure. So imagine taking something like that into the hospital, where somebody is getting a blood pressure rating a one thirty one over eighty two. Call it whatever you may, and they're getting a diagnosis of hypertension, stage one hypertension. But if they were get adjusted beforehand to turn back on their parasympathetic nervous system to bring down the blood pressure, now let's say it drops ten millimeters of mercury, and then all of a sudden it's at one nineteen over eighty one, and they're out of that diagnosis pathological range of hypertension. Then all of a sudden they're no longer a candidate for medication. People need to realize that with Western society, it's diet, it's immobility, it's not using our our peripheral neurons that are wrapped in these parasympathetic nervous system fibers that we're not turning on this rest and digest system, which is going to coincide and have a great impact on our ability to create the neurotransmitters, which we're going to feel to absorb the vitamins. And another thing we you know that's really important to mention is. Your vitamins are binders when you eat and you're actually absorbing your vitamins in your gut. They're supposed to be grabbing toxins and metals out to your body and helping you purge. So it's double negative. We're building up this toxins, we're building up all these negative things in our gut and we're not able to purge it because we're not absorbing the things that we're supposed to absorb. Everybody to a degree has some kind of leaky gut. If you look at all of our intestinal linings and you stretched them out across, uh, call it a football field you would find intestinal impermeability somewhere along that track where toxins are leaking in, food particulates are leaking in and causing that negative cascade. So everybody needs to face the reality that you need to do some kind of food sensitivity testing. You need to do some kind of inflammatory investigation and see how do I correct my gut? How do I make my gut optimized? How do I turn it into the most beautiful garden that it can be to turn on my parasympathetic nervous system So that way I can live the longest and healthiest life that I can because these are vagal nerve functions. It's hugely, hugely vagal nerve input. So again, that's kinda to go back to answer your question in a roundabout way. It's so important to be working on all this stuff for proper neurology and have proper neuroplasticity going on in the brain. Because if you're not activating 100% of the neurons in in those areas of the brain, how can you expect to activate the other neurons that are supposed to be having other functions in that area of the brain as well? Yeah, that's
0: awesome.
1: Thank you. Exactly. Just kind of moving into the chronic disease world, you know, there's there's still testing, right? We still need to make sure you don't have ulcerative colitis, Crohn's, 100%. those things, right? And and so, you know, there's there's still a role in which we all can kind of work together and say, all right, here's the allopathic <sighs> method. It's what's going on. We can treat and, you know, have, have this. But still, again, changing that diet, still yeah. changing that will still help that condition, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. And I think yeah. that, you know, the way that, Hopefully our generation, which I titled this podcast, The Next Generation in Integrative Healthcare, because I think that we are the first generation that's open to holding hands and embracing both sides of the coin. And when that divide heals is when we'll be providing the best care for our patients. Do you
1: see like the... The chiropractic operating in the hospital, doing those type of things?
0: Yeah. So in different states, chiropractic still has a very diverse scope of practice across state lines. So in some states, um, mostly where honestly, there's a large chiropractic college, it's making them a lot of money. Um, Money talks, right? Money talks. But even in Orlando, for example, um, there's chiropractors working with UCF Medical School, teaching at UCF Medical School. Um, There's specialization programs now where chiropractors are actually going through rotation as residents in different states. There's one in Iowa that's specifically a three-year rotation with radiology in the sure, hospital sure. to become a chiropractic radiologist. It's moving that direction, but unfortunately, it's actually our own elders in our own field that are blocking the way because they do not want to integrate because they do yeah. not want to, to
1: practice allopathic at awesome. all,
0: or and they actually kind of. Uh, villain vilify it and that's not correct well,
1: uh, that was our medicine colleagues too though sure. you know not too long ago is is our MD colleague looked down at our DO colleagues and, oh yeah and that was that wasn't long ago and now no. they're respected at the yeah. same so I expect the same progression to happen as we kind of move along it's like yeah. you know we all know our scopes NP, PA, DC MD DO we yeah. all have our own different thing and so that's what we need to know
0: I think so too and yeah. you know and work together to, to figure out the best way to treat people who want different types of treatment too, and to offer that. And you know, I kind of want to wrap up today and offer, uh, one, a Q and a, but let's kind of go around and end on a positive note. Let's kind of give like each of us top three things that we could do to improve our gut health, uh, today. So what are three easy things? Mine is going to be improve mealtime habits. Think About your food, sit down and eat your food, smell your food. Cook you stole your food.
1: mine. It's, fine. Oh, I'm it's sorry. fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's a really it's good, one. It's a good one. It's good. Solid.
0: <laughs> so I'll just do one then. Well, I'll give one. Okay. okay. So that'll be mine. Go ahead. <laughs> Perfect.
1: Uh, no, great. Uh, just limit fast food. There you go. Or I would say like eliminate, but but then again, there's there's still healthy options out there. I mean, sure. so that'd be a good one, right? Yeah,
0: I agree. And I think, you know, like you were talking about too, you already made a good one was introducing more fiber and probiotics.
2: Bingo, that's huge. So that's, that's, a good that's one. an easy one. Yeah, easy that's nice. such a good one. i, right? Right? I would say it's yeah. so important
1: for just fiber. You can take it if you want. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <get> yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted to steal it. Take it. Um, no, I'm going to say turning on the brain, just finding a way to get out there and activate your vestibular systems, getting out there, activate your peripheral neurons. These are things that we're not, doing daily, which our bodies not only are craving, but we're needing. And the second you go out there, and I know it sounds silly, but you get back on that merry-go-round or you start doing some of those activities you did as a child, cross crawl activities, jumping jacks, you're gonna feel better, you're gonna feel more alert, you're gonna increase your focus. You gotta- Stop doing this, right? Yep, Right. peel back that brain fog, activate your muscles and feel as good as you possibly can because you don't know 100% until you're at 100%. So I try to tell that to all my patients.
0: So that's super cool because that's like three different specializations input on the same topic and everybody had a number one that was slightly different that can all add into improving your and health. And they're
1: easy and actionable. They're
0: so easy and actionable and they can make such a, you know, I like to say I practice in the preventative medicine field. Bingo. So like, you know, you want to end up not going into the route of getting colonoscopies and, and all these autoimmune issues. Exactly. Like let's be preventative and there's space for that. And I think that that's beautiful. So I'll open the floor to you guys. Does anybody have any exactly. questions? For any of us up here, we're an open book. Doesn't even have to be on this topic.
2: Anything, so yeah. you
0: can pick our brains. We're here. <laughs> Anybody brave enough?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'll point out. I'm going to say one thing too. You know, whatever autoimmune conditions or whatever pathologies that you have in your familial lineage, um, whether it's cancers, um, autoimmune disorders, whatever you have, that's going to express. And let's say that it might be eating at you at the back of your head, like, oh, my grandmother died of breast cancer my mother died of breast cancer um, and I know I carry that gene this is the first line of defense to preventing that disease from expressing itself because again when you think of what makes a a disease in our genetic lineup express it's pro-inflammatory exposure. It's free radical exposure, which leads to mutation, which, which leads, leads to which mutation, mutation, leads to the disease. And then, boom, yeah. you're dealing with whatever your parents or your grandparents had. So and also get those screenings
1: still too, though. If you Absolutely, get your mammograms, your colonoscopies, all the things. I'm
2: glad you said that because it's actually it's so important. Like, get an idea of what you're going to be dealing with, and have something. I and mean, it's 2023. Get use technology to your advantage now you and figure out how to live the longest life you can, because the first line of defense is gonna be get inflammation out of your life. So you don't create those free radicals. So you don't express that pathology, increase your longevity, increase your vitality. And again, just motivating people. You don't realize how good you can feel until you remove all that inflammation. So that's an easy body hack, right? Everyone yep. loves
1: the word body hacker. right? Yep. That's, that's and that's, that's what goes
2: back to genes. Like, body hacking yeah. is huge. And what's going right. to be the primary ingredients to treatment, yeah. to, starting yeah. to starting the journey? I
0: love my genetic tests. Anti-inflammatory living. I read them, like living. their books. It's a problem. But <laughs> it's yeah. the way of the yeah. future. So if nobody has any questions, we will wrap up. But exactly. I'll open the floor one last time. Any takers? <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys for coming. And I hope you learned something new. And um, this was so fun for me. So Thanks. thank you again. Likewise. And um, we will turn off all the lights and the cameras and we can just mingle and um, please take some food. Thank you guys. <laughs> Thank you guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Of course, you're welcome.